All right, welcome everyone to another episode of Sales Pipeline Radio. My name is Matt Hines. I'm your host. Thank you so much for joining us. Another Thursday uh, morning or afternoon, depending on where you're dialing in. If you are joining us live on LinkedIn Live today in the middle of your workday, thank you so much for joining us. If you are live today, you have the opportunity to be part of the show. If you're watching live, have a question or comment, a rebuttal, a rant on our topics today. Would love to hear from you. Throw that into the comments here on LinkedIn. We'll make you part of the show and get your comments on air as we record this event today. If you are listening or watching live or watching on demand, excuse me, um, uh, via our podcast or via LinkedIn, thank you very much for finding time for us, for subscribing, for downloading every episode of Sales Pipeline Radio, past, present, future, always available at salespipelineradio.com. Uh, coming to you live from the basement with all its glory behind me here. Uh, if you're watching uh, on the video side and uh, every week we're trying to feature some of the best and brightest minds in uh, sales and marketing, especially in B2B. And, you know, we get a lot of PR pitches for this show. We get a lot of folks reaching out saying, I've got a topic, I've got a presenter, I've got a client I want to get on. Um, a lot of stuff that definitely looks pitchy. I, I, the, the, what, when I heard from Justin and the Manuel team, it caught my interest because it's a topic we're talking a lot to clients about and just come our community at large. And it's the idea of how are we effectively finding onboarding and training and making successful sales and marketing people um, and professionals in a largely remote and hybrid work environment. It's always been hard in person, but now it's infinitely hard in more of a remote environment. So Justin Clifford, head of sales at Demandwell, joining us for this conversation. Justin, thanks so much for being part of this today. Yeah, Matt, thanks for having me. And uh, th thanks for the opportunity to talk about this topic, uh, one that I'm super passionate about. Wish I was better at it than I am, but super passionate about it. Well, we are all learning as we go. I mean, we had a we had an, a physical office for 10 years before COVID hit and it forced us to go ro remote and we are now have now decided to stay remote and, and a hybrid, meaning we are still get together in person. We're largely a Western Washington based company, but very, very different uh, from where it was before on a lot of fronts. And, you know, as someone who's been leading sales organizations for a long time, talk a little bit about that transition that we were forced into, um, what that was like as a sales leader and how that's evolved into your thinking around onboarding and uh, making salespeople successful today. Yeah. Um, the interesting thing is, is that I was working when we transitioned to a fully remote organization, I was working for a, uh, a company called Lessonly uh, mm -hmm. and we sold online training software. Right. So we were already kind of selling uh, the, the 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 purpose of um, learning uh, almost asynchronously. Right. Um, in, in a lot of ways. And uh, it, it forced us to get really, really good at leaning into it uh, and, and making sure that we were making adjustments that, um, you know, took some of the in-person learning that occurs in an office uh, of and, and move them into either our platform or uh, live events like this followed up with, um, with, with online, you know, uh, lessons, we call them lessons. Um, but it's been, uh, it's been interesting. And if anybody went from a local office and only onboarding locally uh, and had never hired remotely before, or, you know, outside of that, that, that local area uh, has to be incredibly difficult, right? The first time I did it, uh, was, was really hard, had all these people that we were used to having in the office. And then we started hiring somebody in Denver and then we'd hire in Austin, Texas. And now we start to become more of a national sales organization. So almost by default, you have to figure it out. Right. 
Um, and it becomes exponentially hard when the entire team is never getting together. So um, for us, it, it, and, and for me, it's really been about number one, listening to, to what people need uh, and making sure that you're hiring people that are, that are equipped and, and feel comfortable raising their hand to tell you. So let's break this down because we want to talk about hiring, onboarding, ongoing training. So let's talk a little bit about each sort of individually. From a hiring standpoint, you have the advantage now of technically being able to hire someone from anywhere. Like if they're going to mm-hmm. work remotely, it doesn't, you know, you could, you could be sitting, you know, you could be across the street from me here outside of Seattle. You could be right. in, you know, in, in, in Africa. I don't know. And I don't care. Right. Because mm-hmm. we're able to still have this conversation effectively. The downside is, I mean, you don't sometimes when you don't have that in-person hire, don't have those that sort of there's the there's the uh, the EQ, EQ com- component of hiring that has always been important. How do you replace that? What are some of the components that are even more important now as you evaluate and hire people remotely? Yeah, um, I, I think I think a big a big part of this, and, and I and I, I have the luxury of uh, you know going through and hiring people and in interview processes for you know uh, past six seven years anyway. Um, but, uh, the thing that I have really leaned into is, is making sure that, um, we are, that I don't, uh, that I don't underestimate the role play that we do. Um, the, the role play, uh, and as part of the interview process is a discovery call. Uh, and we used to do it at the end of a, it was kind of the last step almost of an interview process. And what we found is that we'd fall in love with candidates. We get to the role play. And it, it wasn't quite what we were hoping for. Yeah. So yeah. moved it to the front and make sure first and foremost that, that we're not wasting people's time. They, they, they can be interviewing a lot of places, right? Uh, make sure we're not wasting our own time, but making sure that we're aligned from at least that discovery call. And then after that, um, you know, we, we can make adjustments as we go, but I think it's really important to meet part of the team. I think it's really important to do proper sales interviews uh, and, and, and look for some of the behaviors that, that you want to see. Um, and making sure that you have those things at least documented for yourself or your hiring team uh, so that you can, you know, even if you don't have a, a specific scorecard, at least you can have those conversations and, and all be aligned across the board on it. Uh, and, and that alignment, I think, is really what, it, what has helped us be successful in, in hiring remotely. Well, unless something you just mentioned, I want to double click on a little bit as well, is that the the remote uh, interviewing and evaluation and creating mm-hmm. some consistency around how you're doing yeah. that. Any, anything new that you've seen work, particularly the last couple of years, to sort of help create improved quality and consistency of how that's done? Yeah, Matt, I, I have always talked about documenting this. And at one point I did. Uh, and then I kind of went back to my old ways. Um, but I really think uh, if you're working with a team, right? Making sure that everybody's aligned and you don't, like I said, you don't have to have a scorecard built out. It's super helpful if you do and a great practice if you do. Um, but at least alignment and what you're looking for from the phone screen perspective, from a role play or a presentation, right? So that there is some scoring methodology that, that everybody is aligned on. Uh, and then at, that everybody knows throughout that hiring team knows their role um, because the sales manager and the AE uh, for, you know, call it the, you know, the, the, the culture ad side of things, uh, like those are different roles and mm-hmm. it has to be really clearly defined on who's doing what, why, and how, how to ultimately go do those things. And then how to report back and making sure that those things are all not just aligned, but they are all succinct in one place is super helpful. Yeah. Uh, talking today on sales pipeline radio with Justin Clifford. He's the head of sales at demand. Well, 
And uh, I would agree with you. We talked to Steve Richard last week uh, yeah. from Mediafly, and he's been, yeah. you know, when I asked him about, like, you know, what are some of the the, the biggest challenges in per- driving productivity with sales teams, he actually, I, I thought he was going to say CRM or sort of sales mm-hmm. process. He said, no, it's it's lack of culture and cohesiveness in the yeah. way that companies operate. And so your point about creating something that is documented, some standards and questions and evaluation criteria you know, when we were in person together, some of that happened just naturally through osmosis. We have to be more intentional now mm-hmm. at ensuring those things are done. And yeah, does that take a little more documentation? Yes. Is there still a lot room for creativity and wiggle room? Yes. But creativity and wiggle room comes on top of having a consistent process that is delivering consistent, repeatable results. Yeah. Totally. And, and, and I, I do remember, and you probably remember this, like you go through an interview, you've got the interview team, everybody meets at a little bit of a different time. And then a lot of times that interview team would go and they would meet together and they mm-hmm. would walk through, just give their feedback, same time, specific time. Yeah. Um, like that can still happen, but it's a lot harder to do right now, I feel like. Um, so making sure that that if you can do it, especially if speed is important, um, that, that everybody can be aligned and can do it asynchronously is, is super, super helpful and beneficial to both the candidate and the, the, the hiring team, the hiring company, um, just for speed purposes and, and quick, quick feedback. So let's talk about onboarding and training. And I want to separate those because clearly training mm-hmm. is part of onboarding, but another sure. part of onboarding is welcoming someone to your team, to your culture, to your employee community. Um, you know, again, doing that in person, we're going to take you out to lunch. We're going to put balloons on your day. I mean, there's a lot of things that in person mm-hmm. no longer exist. What are some best practices you're seeing for onboarding specifically around helping people feel welcomed and warmly, you know, uh, sort of engaged with a new team of, of, of peers? Yeah. Um, this is a great question. Uh, and, and I, I will, uh, I, I will precede the answer with the fact that, you know, having worked for Lessonly, um, I know what world-class, uh, onboarding and world-class sales enablement looks like. Um, because I got to work with world-class practitioners, enablement practitioners. Um, I would love to be as good as they are one, one day, uh, myself. Um, I am not, um, but I think one of the things that, that when you want to think, when you're thinking about that culture, one of the things that at least I have felt is making sure that I'm, that I've got time set aside for meaningful conversation across the company, right? Not just with the sales manager, not just with your specific manager, uh, that you're talking from pe- with people from product, that you're getting introduction to the executive team, that you're meeting people on, on the people and talent side, uh, even more so than you did in the interview process, that you have the opportunity to come together with your teammates. And that's really hard right now. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, we are a remote first company. And although we do have a small office uh, here in Indianapolis, um, I think nine or 10 of our 16 account executives are are outside of Indianapolis. So making sure that there is intentional, meaningful time to connect with those people um, uh, is is probably the, the, the biggest way that I've seen uh, a kind of a fast track to feeling part of the team. Right. Mm-hmm. And and I'm not talking about the first month and, and, you know, first four to six weeks. I'm talking like in the first week to 10 days that mm-hmm. needs to start happening or else you've got somebody sitting at home going, I don't even really understand who I work for right now and who my yeah. teammates are. The yeah. faster you can get there feels at least it, it felt to me when when I onboarded at Demandwell uh, that, that that was pretty critical to making me feel welcome. 
Yeah, I would agree. And just to reiterate some of what you said, I think, you know, FaceTime is so, so important. And you can repl- you can replicate that by doing stuff like this, right? I mean, like, sure. get it's not just get on the phone, but, like, let them see you, get to know each other a little better. Hey, is that really a Husky, husky football helmet behind you? Are you a college football fan? I mean, just, yeah. like, these are the connected tissues. These are the connected moments to sort of help you feel connected to a new team mm-hmm. and sort of help help you as an employer feel connected to new people and vice versa. And that could be done in a live environment, especially amongst your immediate team or your manager. But like even having like a CEO or like a VP of sales who may be one or two or three degrees away from a new hire, just record a quick video and say, John, mm. welcome to the team. I'm so excited to have you here. The team has told me, you know, a lot of great things about you, including the fact that you're a Husky. Like, I mean, whatever it is, sure. it can take you 20, 30 seconds to record it and going to mean so much to a new person to feel like like they're being seen and noticed yeah. um, by someone else on the team as well. Yeah, and Matt, I, I use video a lot to, to con- communicate with, with our specific team. Uh, I've never done it to communicate with a new hire that's not on the sales team. So I am stealing that today uh, <laughs> and I'm gonna start using it. Uh, so thank you for that, that's, that's yeah. a great idea. Yeah, no, do it. And I think, um, I mean, there's a lot of formats to do that, obviously, right? I mean, you can use, you know, the bunch of places, Vidyard, BombBomb, record videos, uh, depending on what version of Slack you have, you can record videos, you know, and send them to individuals or groups. So yeah, it takes, it takes this much time and it has this much effort. Um, So totally love um, it. So we just got a few minutes left uh, with our guest today on Sales Pipeline Radio, Justin Clifford. He's the head of sales at DemandWell. And let's get into a little bit of uh, the concept of training. And so I really I wanted to separate it from onboarding, both to talk about the non-training components of, on, of onboarding, but also to talk about training as an ongoing component. I mean, some companies, you know, will train you, you know, at onboarding and then off yeah. you go and there isn't continuous training. And I want to talk about the continuous training component of making sellers successful. What are you seeing working yeah. right now in that area? Yeah, I, I think I think the the first thing, like there's so much change going on in everybody's job, right? Products might change, services might change, pricing, packaging. I mean, the list just goes on and on and on, right? So from what uh, from where where I sit uh, working with our enablement manager uh, who who is amazing at what she does, um, really helping prioritize the most important things to impact because we could be training nonstop on stuff, right? Um, whether it's those things that I mentioned or soft skills, right? Sales skills, um, we could do it nonstop. And, and it's really making sure that you're balancing the load, uh, especially for sellers uh, who you know, are, are, are really the, the hub of the entire company. They have to know more than, than anybody else in the company, I, I believe, um, about that company, right? They, they have to know the services side and the marketing side, and they've got to do and know how to handle leads and know about the product and all of those things. Mm-hmm. Um, they're busy people. And so when you overwhelm them with training, they can get behind really quickly. So the prioritization of that training and making sure that you're, you're hitting the things with the most impact mm-hmm. um, and you've got that scheduled out, uh, you know, probably four to six weeks in advance with some wiggle room to, uh, to throw something new in there if, if, if the environment calls for it, mm-hmm. um, I, I think is really, really important. So having that, that schedule that is prioritized based on need um, uh, and, and, and overall need versus just, you know, maybe one or two individuals, I, I think is kind of the, the, the stepping stone to getting really, really good at, yep. at training on, in an ongoing fashion. 
Yep, love it. Um, are there particular? How do you think about the mix of topics? Because I think too often mm. people focus a training on. Well, let's help you. Let's make sure you understand these new features. Let's make sure you mm. understand how to talk about our product. Um, yeah. I don't see enough selling skills. I don't see sure. enough sort of understanding and sort of teaching people to be more empathetic, to be active mm -hmm. listeners. Talk about the mix of topics in a training program that yeah. you think are important. Yeah, I think I think this is this is great because I think where this is where some of that wiggle room comes in too, right? Because mm -hmm. sales leaders can get together and they can they can often have similar observations and realize, hey, this isn't just a one person or a two person coaching topic, yeah. right? For their individual coaching plan, this is gonna this needs to be a team topic, right? We saw right. it, for instance, uh, you know, pandemic hits, you know, you automatically have to start with more empathy, right? Mm -hmm. And even though you're dealing with empathetic people by nature, hopefully. Um, it's a good time to come back and to be, to, to do a refresher together That's on right. it. So I think, I think that wiggle room really helps. Um, and, and really, I, I think it comes back to just that prioritization of like, what is going to help our team be the best that they can be in their job in the next four to six weeks and just do that on a rolling basis. Um, and make sure that you've got multiple inputs, right? You've got your enablement, you've got your product team, your marketing team. They all want to train. AEs on something, right? Yeah. Um, but but really letting the the sales management, even the front the the frontline sales management, be be a, a filter for for that. Um, and if you're not getting feedback from AEs on a regular basis, there's uh, there's some room for improvement there because they they have a whole host of things that they want to get better at for sure. I love what you just said around sort of thinking about what your sales team needs in the next four to six weeks. Cause I imagine some people may hear that and say, Oh my gosh, that's such a short time period. Mm -hmm. I want to be thinking about training people for the next year. Like I, mm -hmm. I can't be doing that quick of cycles in terms of turning around training topics. Mm -hmm. I'm like, how can you afford not to like sure. your market is moving incredibly fast. Your competitors are moving that. fast. You know, the, the selling conditions you had in Q1 of this year are very different than the selling conditions companies have right now mm -hmm. in late summer of 2022. And so like you have to adjust to that and sort of, it, it doesn't mean you have to reinvent your training content or your curriculum every four to six weeks, mm -hmm. but to have a more frequent sort of touch base with your team to ensure that they are armed with the best hard and soft selling skills, mm -hmm. um, you know, in this environment, in the current environment that may be different than what it was a couple months ago and it will be different again in two months. Um, I love that increased um, speed of cadence. So thank you. Um, I know we got to run. We're running out of time here. Justin, thanks so much for joining us today. for sharing yeah, your insights. You, Where can people learn more about you and learn more about uh, DemandWell? Ooh, uh, DemandWell.com. If it's DemandWell, if it's me, LinkedIn is the best place. Uh, Justin Clifford. Um, just put in Justin Clifford demand well, and you you should be able to find me. Uh, would, would love to would love to connect if uh, if anybody so chooses. Awesome. Well, thanks so much for being here with us today. Thanks it. everyone for listening and watching. Uh, we'll be back next week for another episode of Sales Pipeline Radio. In the meantime, have a great rest of your week. We'll see y'all soon. Bye bye.